there's a question I've been asking myself for for several weeks. How do I strike a balance in what I give to you each day on this radio program and podcast? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I'm going to ask you to kind of bear with me during these first couple of minutes. There are a number of thoughts that are running around in my mind. And I want to be clear on a number of things with you, my audience. At the end of this week, we will wrap up 14 months of doing this program every day, five days a week, with the exception of getting some help these past few weeks from a good friend. By the way, I want to thank Jim Calhoun for really helping me out. These weeks right now, these first weeks here in Florida, have been an incredibly busy time. There are some things that I'd actually hoped to have been doing that time has just not allowed me to do. We have so many projects in front of us. And of course, in the middle of all this, we have a wedding coming up this Saturday. And I'm, I'm proud to be the officiant of this wedding for a daughter. And so keep me in prayer as we try to get the last of this all pulled together in time for, for Saturday. That and a project that I'm working on to increase the outreach of shortwave, a pretty extensive technical project. And I, I, I just hope you'll keep me in your prayers to give me the strength. I'm realizing, I'm realizing now that I'm not 35 or 45 or 50 anymore. I'm 67, and it's beginning to show in the amount of hard labor I can put in each and every day on these various things that have got to get done. And, but I still want to keep this radio program going, up-to-date, and viable. Now, over the last several days, before I get into some of the topics that are in front of me right now, there have been several, several words and several phrases that keep popping through my mind. And a lot of it has to do with where we need to go as a people in the Western world. This is not just the United States. This is Canada, United Kingdom, Scotland, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand. We are in a pandemic, but not so much of corona as we are a pandemic of insanity. And I want to deal with some of the things in that regard. But I also have this other stuff running in my mind every day. Words like revival, Words like repentance, words like community, words like living the faith. And too much of the American brand of Christianity in particular, Canada is no different. It's even worse in other parts of the world. We've walked away from from sound Christian doctrine, sound Christian principles, and ways of living. And, And I need to be addressing that on this program and in other things that I do in my ministry as well. I've been feeling just very strongly that there has to be a balance between the news of the day, information to help you through this pandemic, what does it really mean, what's really going on behind the scenes, and why is there this desire for mandates and lockdowns and vaccines Do we really have an unprecedented virus? Well, let's just look at the very basic things that we've talked about so many times in this program. 
I'm always reminded of what Rahm Emanuel said. He was former mayor of Chicago, also worked with Bill Clinton in the White House. He once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And when you have a a worldwide crisis like the coronavirus pandemic, and you can gin up all the fear you want through your media, like CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, you name it. They will gin up the fear. People running around wearing face masks, thinking they're protecting themselves from a virus. People lining up. You realize how many doses of various vaccines have been given against this virus in the world? And and what has 7 billion doses of the vaccine accomplished? If you really look at the numbers, very little. Let me say that again. Very little. And the long-term effects of what it could do to your body or somebody else's is yet uncharted territory. There seems to be something going on in the political class that has taken over Washington, D.C. and way too much of the world that look at you as nothing but a possession. You belong to that government. You don't even belong to yourself anymore or your God. You belong to the government. And they're mandating that they're going to make two classes of citizens. Look at at New Zealand right now. They want to have a two-tier society, the vaccinated and the unclean. And we laughed about this a little bit early on on this program. I, I would make statements like, we're going to be treated like lepers. In the days when Jesus Christ walked the face of the earth, when a group of lepers came near anybody else, they had to cry out the words, unclean. And I mentioned back in May, maybe back even in April, the day's going to come when we're going to have to, those that are unvaccinated, yell, unvaccinated, unclean. People thought I was crazy when I made statements like that. But I see the vaccine as more than just a, quote, prevention of a disease, it is a disease unto itself that's putting people into a greater bondage than SARS-CoV-2 could ever imagine. Now, I shared earlier this week some thoughts, and I remember reading way last year when I was back working in emergency management, came out of retirement, and I'm reading some material out of a very non-political think tank over in Europe. These are doctors and researchers. They're not politicians by any stretch of the imagination. And they were talking about the best way to deal with this virus was to let it burn through and snuff itself out. Now, does that mean it would snuff itself out entirely? No, the flu never will snuff itself out either. And I've got a lot of material I want to share about that on the program today. I'm beginning to become convinced the more that I read that these vaccines may in essence be creating another problem, whether anticipated or not. I'm not going to get into that today. I will bring some guests on that have varying opinions. 
But the research is becoming very conclusive, yet the media wants to bury their head in the sand, trying to believe that the vaccines are working. Everybody needs to get a jab in the arm. Two-year-olds need it. Little babies need it. Elementary school kids need it. Then you got people like weasels, the only word I can find, and I'm insulting the the whole biological class of the species of weasels in saying this, but you got people like Phil Murphy, Phil Murphy in New Jersey, running for re-election. You have three states that people are watching right now closely. One is Virginia, one is Pennsylvania, and the other one is New Jersey. Because of the disaster that is the Biden administration, it is a dumpster fire in a flood zone running down the river. I thought I've seen bad administrations in my lifetime. But nothing compares to what I'm seeing coming out of Washington, D.C. today. Totally insane, totally, I can't find words for it totally devoid of logic, common sense, and any spirituality. And you've got people like like Governor Phil Murphy. He doesn't want you to know what he really has planned if he should win re-election in the state of New Jersey. If you live in the Garden State of New Jersey, and I've had many friends and family members that have lived there over the years, that governor is very sneaky. He doesn't want you to know what he really wants to do to the state of New Jersey. He has become deluded. Remember, I talk about 2 Thessalonians quite a bit. This delusion, the reprobate mind. We, I'll keep harping on this till, till it gets driven into your mind to understand. When you look at these people, these are reprobates. These are people that have given in to every evil thing under the sun and try to make it normal. As a result, their ability to comprehend and think as a normal human being should is gone. And so they lust after their power and they think they're doing God's service. Just like those that the Bible says that will come after Christians believe they're doing God's service in killing Christians. This is the world that we now have entered. In just less than two years, I'm thinking two years ago, two years ago, in the month of October of all things, we're going to end October this week, event 201, kind of a tabletop exercise. What do we do with a worldwide coronavirus pandemic? How How do we deal with this? And suddenly, within months, we're dealing with it. What did they know? What are the real plans? And what is the true purpose of these concoctions that they call a vaccine that are not a vaccine? Well, Governor Murphy's people were caught by Project Veritas. Good old Project Veritas had hidden cameras and microphones inside of the Phil Murphy campaign in New Jersey. And see, what they don't want the people of New Jersey to know, especially the, shall we say, the independent voters that, though they may vote for a Democrat if they see some personal interest or a Republican if they see some personal interest. 
They really don't have an allegiance to any one thing except themselves. And that's pretty much what many independent voters are. They just look after themselves. Phil Murphy's campaign is deathly afraid of one thing. Truth, honesty, and people knowing what they really have in mind for you. And see, Project Veritas got inside the campaign. Now, this little audio clip lasts just under two minutes. And I want you to hear it. You may not be able to understand everything. It's a bit bilingual, a bit of Spanish and a bit of English, but I think you will get the gist. And in this particular video from Project Veritas, what they have is a senior campaign advisor. Her name is Wendy Martinez, the campaign senior advisor for New Jersey Democrat Governor Phil Murphy, caught on camera that the governor, if reelected, will absolutely impose a tyrannical, a tyrannical state COVID-19 vaccine mandate. He's going to make sure that everybody gets that injection or you will become a starving, cut-out-of-society, second-class citizen. Listen carefully to Wendy Martinez. And, of course, this little audio clip is introduced by the folks at Project Veritas. Project Veritas has obtained hidden camera recordings inside Governor Phil Murphy's campaign, including from a senior advisor who admits to hiding information from voters until after the election in order to appeal to undecided and moderate voters. Pero como así lo mandates? La vaccine mandates. Como California, que está el mandato que todo el mundo tiene que tener la vacuna. Eh, lo va a hacer, pero no puede hacer, no podía hacerlo antes de la elección. Exacto. Porque si lo, no lo independent y lo undecided. Uh -huh. The independent decided would not go for him if he did the banding. Because they're on two of us. My rights, my sh And they don't care that they kill everybody. Well, that's, see, that's good to know then, that after he wins, then he'll do the mandates, mm -hmm. the vaccine mandates. He will. But right now it's about him winning. It'll be, it'll be fine. This appears to be a top-down understanding. Matthew Urquillo, a manager for New Jersey Forward, which is a campaign project funded by the Democratic State Committee of New Jersey, he echoes the same sentiment. Do you think he'll do something about that, like the vaccine mandates and stuff? I think so. I think the problem is right now because it's election season, he's not going to have people say, like, we're going to have a mandate now. Give me those steps. For some people, it's going to piss them off. I think once you know we have a win, it's like, all right, Guns blazing, like who cares? I mean, let's do the mandates, let's do this, the X, Y. So, you think if he talks about mandates for vaccines now, he won't get elected because it's a lot of pushback? But I think there's some people that, you know, will might push back. If politicians stood as firmly behind their stances as we're led to believe, then why do they feel the need to hide this information from voters? We look forward to hearing from the Phil Murphy campaign. And we look forward to releasing the next installment inside of Phil Murphy's campaign very soon. And I doubt if the Phil Murphy campaign will get back with to tell him anything at Project Veritas. They want to keep it quiet till, till after the election. Do you see what they're doing? Right now, New Jersey, well, they're, they're enjoying a little bit of freedom for the first time in a long time. Of course, it's campaign season. 
And they want you to believe that everything is going just fine in New Jersey, even though lots of people are leaving. Boy, a lot of people are leaving New Jersey. And I think if he becomes the governor-elect, there'll be a mass exodus out of New Jersey heading down to where I live in Florida. By the way, just a quick side note. We were driving past a place where U-Hauls are leased, not far from where we live. And I happen to notice a lot is slap full of U-Hauls. They have no place to park them. They're all inbound, coming to Florida from places like, oh, I don't know, parts of Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Michigan, Illinois. They're coming to Florida. Lots of people. Florida is open for business, by the way. Maybe not so much in Broward County and a couple of places, but overall, it's, it's pretty open. And the numbers of people that are getting sick or dying of COVID are way down as well. With a governor here who's going to tell you the truth up front of what he will and will not do. Unlike Governor Murphy, who has to give you a little freedom now so you'll vote for me on Tuesday so I can take all those freedoms away sometime next week when I know that I've won. If you live in New Jersey, remember that. If you're inclined not to vote, but you're registered, you better vote. It's getting very important in states like Virginia, in Pennsylvania, and New Jersey in this kind of off-year election where they vote for their governor. There's a chance that you could see um, those two states, uh, three states actually, Virginia, New Jersey, it is possible, even Pennsylvania, to flip the governor's mansion. It needs to happen. People need to stand up and be counted and say, enough is enough is enough. And here's why I say that when it comes to all of this stuff. Like I say, I still want to get to a balance on other things in my mind. We'll get to it on the program. Trust me. Read this article. I want to read it to you. I I have a lot of things that I subscribe to. And it doesn't cost too much per month, but it's worth having this wealth of what I call unfiltered information. I've got to be careful with some of it, make sure that I can vet it and feel comfortable before I share it with you. But the numbers I'm about to share with you in this story, I think are worth sharing. It was um, a writing, guy's got a strange name, uh, Ejapias, and uh, what he writes is this. We now have had 10 months of mass vaccination against SARS-CoV-2. Nearly 7 billion doses have been administered worldwide. This unprecedented campaign has not eradicated corona. It has not even suppressed infections. Instead, case statistics are ballooning almost everywhere. They're going up. Now, while the vaccinated may appear to enjoy some brief protection against severe outcomes, the skyrocketing transmission rate means that most countries have seen little of any benefit on balance from their universal vaccination campaign. So that begs the question, what's going on? And he explores some different possibilities. First, there's what he calls the the Merrick effect. The Merrick effect. 
And what he tries to explain is that all viruses have an optimal level of population-wide virulence, an advantageous degree of aggression that they can spread effectively while not driving their host underground too soon. Certain Delta substrains previously well pushed and punished for their excessive, excessive aggression in the unvaccinated populations have likely been favored by the vaccines. The key to understanding this is these vaccines may produce may produce a brief period of time where the infection or the virulence of the SARS-CoV-2 and the virus now adapted to retain the prior optimal balance. In other words, there's a term we've used before in the program called leaky vaccine. In other words, it causes the virus to mutate even faster to survive. That's just how a virus works. A virus will do what a virus does, period. It doesn't think it's not alive, but in the grand scheme of nature, a virus will keep coming back. We never have eradicated the flu, think about that for a moment, with a flu vaccine. The virus and its interactions with humans, it constitutes a very complex system. He writes, it is very unlikely that any effect can be put down to a single cause. He points out the Public Health England data provides powerful reasons to suspect that the vaccines may be compromising immunity to SARS-CoV-2 via what he calls the original antigenic sin. Now, he points out this is not some kind of crazy internet fantasy, but a well-observed limitation of human immunity. It is the primary reason that respiratory viruses, all of them like influenza, return again and again, despite multiple reinfections across the entire population we never are quite fully immune to the flu because its strategy is to exploit the way our immune systems learn. Now, this may take a moment to follow, but, but kind of bear with me here. Put in kind of simple terms, we have a rough idea of what might be happening. When a virus infects your body for the very first time, your naive memory B cells imprint on specific virus proteins or antigens that are presented to them. These B cells then become either memory B cells or plasma cells. Forever, after they specialize in producing antibodies against those specific antigens, when a slightly mutated form of the virus arrives, these memory B cells begin pouring forth antibodies they've learned to produce because of the first infection. These antibodies bind to multiple uh, antipodes of the virus particles. And in the process, they give a slower-moving, naive B-cell a little chance to learn about any new mutant virus features. Now, you, you follow this? I was raised in a way, some kids weren't in my, my era, but many were, especially when I was at my grandparents' house. We were exposed to everything. I mean, we, we didn't worry about living in a sterile bubble growing up. And, and when I look at my health at my age compared to many of my other peers of my age, and considering I didn't really take good care of myself as I should have, 
I, I'm thankful to my God that I'm in the health that I'm at. Now, all that could change tomorrow, but I'm just saying that to this point in my life, I have been very blessed with a very strong immune system. Now, the, the term original anagetic sin was most influenced by a guy named by the, time, by the name of Thomas Francis back in 1960. He noted that regardless of whether influenza A strains were in circulation, subjects tended to have a dominant antibody response to the strains that were current in their early childhood. That's why flu vaccines, and, you know, I talk about these with my wife all the time who follows a lot of this stuff with the flu vaccines more than I do. In my lifetime, I've only taken a flu vaccine a few times, and those are the few times that I had the flu, and I had it pretty bad. The important consequence of childhood conditioning is that different age cohorts within the population have overlapping or layered immunity to different influenza strains. They they talk about many, many years ago, 1957, for example, the influenza pandemic then featured a strain of flu which only the older people, like those in their 70s, already had antibodies, and they did better than the younger people did. Because, and as these people have aged out and, and have passed away, the older long-suppressed type of influenza was free to return and come back with another event. So what Francis proposed was this, that optimized influenza vaccines might be administered to children before their first infection. He envisioned vaccines designed to confer immunity against known or anticipated recurrent strains, and he hoped that in this manner, the original infection could be replaced by an initial blessing, shall we say, of induced immunity. Now, the vaccines we're doing today against SARS-CoV-2 were based upon the original spike protein found in the first strain of these viruses that got out of the lab in Wuhan. I don't care what anybody says. The lab in Wuhan is the birthplace, I am convinced, of this worldwide global pandemic, period. Fauci did a two-step when he lied to Congress, when he lied to the Senate, and he lied to the American people. The man knew exactly what he had been doing for years and was trying to cover it up, especially considering that for years, any kind of gain of function or gain of threat to a virus had been made illegal in the United States. And so using his partners in the EcoHealth Alliance and elsewhere, they continue their, shall we say, highly suspect research. Over a year ago, when I was working in emergency management, it was becoming increasingly obvious to many that this was a man-made, man-enhanced virus designed to attack human beings. It didn't just naturally occur, didn't come out of some meat market in in Wuhan, came out of a laboratory. They still try to say that it it didn't. They're still still trying to cover their tracks. But, But tell me, when is the last time you've seen a coronavirus pandemic of this nature? And we've had, quote, the jet age for 70 years. 
of traveling around the world. Between ocean liners and jet aircraft, people have been traveling worldwide for 70 years or more. And suddenly this breaks out of Wuhan and goes global. If this was a natural occurrence, why has this not happened before on a level and scale like we're seeing today? Are you following what I'm saying? I, I'm, but I'm, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I want to make sure that you're, you're catching everything I'm telling you here. I want to share one other piece of this article. It's kind of lengthy, but I think this will help us understand. A virus is a virus, and a virus does what a virus is going to do. Remember, influenza, the flu, has been infecting humans for generations long before anybody ever even had the idea of a vaccine for the flu. And despite the efforts of public health authorities everywhere, most people catch the flu before they're ever even vaccinated. And so flu shots have had little opportunity to under, you know, to undermine population-wide immunity. The complex system of SARS-CoV-2 and its interaction with the human immune system is really under, is barely understood. In chasing an empty fantasy of herd immunity with vaccines, authorities are denying human populations everywhere the opportunity to develop the layered population-wide resistance against successive SARS-CoV-2 strains that is the foundation of our immunity against other respiratory viruses. He writes, aside from the minority that have managed to recover from the natural infection before vaccinators got to them, most people will have their critical primary immune response conditioned by the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 in its vintage 2020 configuration. Now, let's just unravel all this and put it into its most simple terms. These gene-altering, potentially gene-altering vaccines. And I, I mean, I've heard people talk on both sides. There's just something about them that doesn't add up. We see a brief period of time where you might have a better outcome, especially if you're older, because of the vaccine. But to this day, nobody knows what the long-term effect to our immune system and to other parts of our human body system will be affected by these vaccines. Nobody knows. We know that young children do not need them. Period. End of discussion. Young children do not need these vaccines. This is one of the things that is most disturbing. And once again, it brings me back to thinking about the governor of New Jersey wanting vaccine mandates. He's one of those that's just like the governor of California. He wants to vaccinate children with an unproven concoction. Children have a natural ability to deal with a SARS-CoV-2 and be far better prepared to deal with its variants as the years go by. So why is there this, I call it a death wish, to vaccinate every young child. I got a story on that, then I have other things that I really want to share on this program today. I don't want you to miss the second part of the program. 
of why I see a incredible danger to vaccinating young children with this experimental concoction and why I consider it pure evil because there's no doubt in my mind now that it is. And I also want to discuss what do we as Christians do in the world we're living in today? How do we prepare for the world we're entering? If you believe in our ministry, would you consider supporting us and helping us with the airtime bill? We're finishing out the month of October and we're coming into November and every bit of help you give is always appreciated. During this time of all the work we're doing in travel, it seems like I'm in different places two or three times a week. But we have a mailing address, and if you want to write a check out, it can be made payable to Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Please and thank you. She's coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, when we're first learning to speak, we learned two central words. One was please, and the other I learned was thank you. They go together. Because please means if you please. In other words, you don't have to. I'm not taking it for granted. It's not an entitlement. I'm asking. It's extra. And thank you, which means similarly, it wasn't taken for granted. It wasn't that I was entitled to it or that it had to be, but it was a gift. I receive it with gratitude. Please and thank you. They go together. Yet the simplest first lesson that we learned as kids, most of us forget as adults. Not that we won't say the words, but we forget what it means in our hearts to God, the way we live. The point is, when we ask God for something, attitude must be please. Not demand or we have to have or we complain that we didn't get, but God, I'm content with whatever you have. I don't deserve anything. No complaints because to be saved from hell, I didn't deserve it. That's grace. That's enough. You don't owe me, God. I'm content, whatever. I'll praise you no matter what. But if you please, if so, if you will, if it's your will, then I praise you. Thank you. The other one, thank you. When you receive something from God, you don't just walk away. You take it for granted. You don't just say, I had the faith so God did how to do it. You thank God. In fact, you thank God for everything every day. Thank God. Which is to say that everything I have in my life is a gift. It's not an entitlement. It's a gift. The more you thank him, the more gifts you'll see in your life and the more blessed you'll be. So my friends, remember this. Among the first lessons of life and in the Lord, one of the most important spiritual lessons for joy and blessing, put it into practice. I'm not, I'm not demanding it. I'm not, I'm just asking you, put it into effect today. Okay. Won't you please? And thank you. Want more? Ask for the power of giving thanks. Imagine being plugged into a special line, let you know future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy updates on Israel, what you need to know as an end-time believer, and teachings and strength for every day of your week, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar, even to Jerusalem. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1, and you'll be part of the End Time Harvest. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, or write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi. 
L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, please and thank you, and peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ro'eh Hatov, the good and wonderful shepherd. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. If what I shared in the first part of the program, I hope it was not too confusing, but maybe maybe it helped you understand a little bit, especially when you think about Governor Murphy in New Jersey. People of New Jersey have an opportunity right now to do something to get their lives back. And stop listening to the hype and the nonsense and the foolishness and the lockdowns and the things we now know do not work. The vaccines do not work as advertised. I think some people knew that up front. Companies like Pfizer, we shared with that the other day, you know, bought to you by Pfizer. They have a vested interest in the billions of dollars they're getting, tremendous amounts of money. Companies like Moderna, that never turned a penny worth of profit are now making money because of government contracts convincing you you need to take these concoctions forever. Anybody that thought you were going to get the vaccine in December, January, February, and March and you're done, I think you've now learned, if you did, it was a lie. They knew this early on that these vaccines waned. The idea of 95% this, 95% of what? And I'll share some numbers in the future I've been going through to show you just how you can take some numbers and give a false narrative. The thing I find most troubling is this desire to unnecessarily vaccinate children. That's what I want to get into in just a moment. Then also to discuss what God is just laying on my heart about what we as Christians are going to have to do. If, for example, states like Virginia, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey change governors, or I should say change parties anyway in Virginia, you might get a little respite. And I talked about that last year before the election of 2020. Don't count on everything going the way you thought it was going to go. The best you were going to get is a respite where we as Christians can use the time wisely to do the things that God has called us to do. We are coming, look, look how fast everything collapsed in less than two years. Less than two years. Go back to two years ago. Nobody ever talked about a pandemic, lockdowns, face coverings, vaccines. Can't go to work. Can't go shopping. Can't go to a restaurant, can't travel, can't run. All these things are being taken away from the unvaccinated for a vaccine that is proving itself not to work. Why do we have more people dying this year with the vaccine than all of last year? 
That's what's happening. Maybe that's why CNN doesn't like to have that daily death ticker anymore. And now you have the same people trying to come after you to vaccinate your children, which makes no sense. And why should children wear a face diaper? That's what it really is, a face diaper that does no good. The average poor in most face coverings, like 95% you see people wearing, the holes in those things are a thousand times bigger than a virus. In other words, the virus is going to get through. These masks may help in containing bacteria, but they don't contain, they will not stop a virus. If anything, you start accumulating these virus particles on your wet face mask and you end up inhaling them. There there are studies now showing you might be making yourself worse off wearing them. And of course, and of course, you lower the, um, the oxygen rate in the bloodstream. You raise the CO2 rate, lowering your immunity to begin with. None of it makes any sense. All of this is foolishness. And so, I want you to think about this. Whatever state you live in, never, we should never vaccinate our children against the coronavirus. Never as in not ever. I mean forever never. Not now, not later, not ever. And if your state is like a New Jersey where a weasel like Phil Murphy is hiding the fact he wants to have all these incredible mandates to force this upon everybody with a job, everybody with a child. It's time to move. Biggest problem you're going to have if you're trying to leave New Jersey is finding a U-Haul. They're all sitting in Florida from all those that have already left. The place that I mentioned before, not far from where we live. They have no room. They're going to have to hire drivers to take these things back to New Jersey, back to Pennsylvania, back to New York, back to Connecticut, back to Illinois, back to Michigan. There's going to be a a real need for drivers. Of course, if if you're not vaccinated, they may not let you come back to New York with it. I don't know. But you need to find a way to get out of your state where it is not required. If your state, like a New Jersey, if Governor Murphy wins, you need to get out. I think one of the things about Virginia, depending where you live, you live in southwestern Virginia, they don't really pay a whole lot of attention to what goes on in Alexandria or Richmond. They just don't. And God love them for having the guts to stand up in that part of the world. They're right there on the border with Tennessee, and it makes sense. Your moving away is not simply a protest. It's not a protest. It's for your own survival. It is a lie that your child needs that vaccine. It's a lie your child needs a face mask to ruin their health. Why should kids have headaches and bacterial issues, lung issues because of a face mask to make some stupid union teacher who has given up on God, morality, and everything else, who lives for transgenderism and race, critical race theory, why entertain, why entertain these fools? 
if you do the slightest bit of research, and it's amazing how the mainstream media and social media suppress anything that's informative because it's it's just a single lie out there that we're supposed to believe, like in Nazi Germany, like in the Soviet Union. Most parents, I think your instincts are better than most of your teachers and school board members. And if you don't know enough, you need to start learning. Do not let your kids get this jab of this mRNA that may protect protect them a little bit for a few months, even though they would get over it. But it could actually injure their immune system for the rest of their lives. Think about that. Why would you want to appease Governor Murphy? Why should you make Governor Phil Murphy happy that you've injected your child knowing that maybe when your child is 30, 40, 50, and 60, they may have severe health issues because of this. Is that what we're supposed to be doing because you've miswired the immune system in response to a virus that their body would otherwise easily defeat? The most dangerous thing, in my opinion, is this, is to vaccinate our children. The virus has never been a threat. And if they are infected by any new form, they're sure to emerge, which are going to come every winter. We need to have a layer of immunity from the unvaccinated, as nature intended. I I even worry, look, I'm not anti-science, don't get me wrong. I probably had a lot of vaccines as a kid when I was in the military. Of course, they... They pump you up and you pass out as so much stuff at once. I've had a lot of these. But this is not a vaccine in the true sense. You know it, I know it, but we don't want to talk about it. The problem is the Fauci's of this world unleashed a plague upon the planet. Let's be honest. These corrupt scientists trying to come up with a bioweapon have released a permanent pandemic and a plague upon the planet called SARS-CoV-2. You can either hide in your house forever, take a vaccine that may or may not work. Most likely we're beginning to see the long-term effects may not be in your favor. Or we begin to live our lives as God intended. Why are the treatments we know that will work? Why are they being suppressed? Well, I can answer that real easy. They are being suppressed because these are still experimental emergency use authorized vaccines. I don't care what they tell you about comidity. Nobody's taking that. You're still getting the emergency use authorization where there's no liability for anything it does to you today, tomorrow, or forever. You'll never be able to be compensated or your family. That's the danger. And you have the Biden administration, the reprobates, wanting to take away your ability to buy food or live or travel if you don't take this experimental concoction. They are living in a world of deception. And they now want to vaccinate your children. Why? They want to consider parents that want to defend their children from vaccine mandates, unnecessary face coverings, 
critical race theory. They want to they brand you as a terrorist. And they want to look at the riots and burning and lootings and people that died last year as peaceful protest. Because it all accomplished a political end and goal. You know, the communists have always had this philosophy. The tyrants have always believed the ends justify the means. Doesn't matter how many millions die in the process as long as we win and the people lose. Faith is one of the things that is most in short supply in the Western world. The faith we once had to carry us as a nation. Look, I will never say the United States was a perfect nation by any stretch of the imagination. No nation ever was, ever will be, the United States included. But the United States had unprecedented growth and prosperity the world has never seen, ever. And it took more people out of poverty than any other system the world has ever known. And for many years, at least the majority, whether it be a slim one or not, adhered to Judeo-Christian ethics. Many were actual believers in Christ, true believers, not the phony ones we see today masquerading as believers in woke churches, promoting and celebrating every kind of debauchery and sin the world has ever had to endure. I believe that's why God allowed blessings, in spite of the fact we were not perfect. Israel, in ancient times, broke their promise and covenant with God, but God restored them over and over again. And as a nation, they prospered many times, and they fell away many times. I believe now it's the United States' turn to have, shall we say, a falling away. And I believe we are in that great falling away. And that's why when I look at this radio program and I come before you and I try to decide, what do I need to talk about? You know, I'm getting tired of talking about just the virus, just the pandemic, just the vaccines, just this, that, and the other, or the World Economic Forum. Yes, those things need to be addressed and we need to be reminded that they haven't gone away, that that evil still persists. It is still there. It is still endeavoring to take over your life Satan has one goal, to destroy this world, to destroy you and all that is in it, and drag you with him and his unholy angels into hell. And we're losing sight of that fact. The other day I was thinking, I was talking with a friend of mine, and whether you like the guy or not is immaterial, but I do have a great respect for a man many, many years ago. I may not agree with him or may not have agreed with him on a lot of his theology. But I can remember on a Sunday night, you know, about maybe 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern time. I can't remember. I think it was 10 o'clock maybe in the wintertime. And I would pick up this signal on my AM radio by my bedside. It would start just, you know, it would wipe out a station I was trying to listen to every Sunday night around 10 o'clock. And... I listened frequently, and I was kind of, you know, fascinated by what I heard. Now, like I say, you may not agree with the guy, but I think his heart was sincere in what he did. His name was R.W. Shambach. Remember him? 
and his theme song, There's Power in the Blood. And he was one of the, he was a shouting holiness Pentecostal preacher, no doubt about that, ordained by C.M. Ward himself of the Assemblies of God way back when. And he would conduct these tent meetings, these revival meetings, where, where alcoholics and the destitute, the prostitutes, the, the lower part of society that nobody cared about would find hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. When you think about what Jesus did in his ministry, and I've thought about this several times, did Jesus send his disciples to the wealthy, the rich, the famous, the fine churches? He gives the parable of the wedding supper. The guests are all invited. You know, the creme de la creme of society. And when the time of the wedding banquet came, those that were invited failed to show. Everything's in readiness. And believe me, I'm putting together a wedding. Our family, we have a wedding this weekend. And so I get it. There's a lot of planning, even for a small wedding, between the venue, the, the food, and, and everything. There's a lot of work in a wedding. And I can understand when that feast came and nobody showed. He sent his servants to the, to the byways and the highways to bring everybody in. The doors were open. Now, I can talk about the other verse with the one without the wedding garment. We'll do that some other day. But just for simplicity's sake, I've been hearing this word revival. I have been hearing this word repentance. I've been hearing community. I've been hearing preparation. I've been hearing time is short. And two months ago, three months ago, I would not have believed there's a possibility that a state like New Jersey or even Virginia or Pennsylvania could see a change in the governor's mansion. A lot of people must be praying out there. We may get a respite. We're not going to get it back. It's never coming back to the way it was. We're not going to go back to the 1950s or 60s or 30s or 20s. It's not coming back. Time will move forward, getting closer to the time of Jesus' return. And when that time gets closer, the persecution and the tyranny will increase. Unfortunately, too many of God's children are totally unprepared. It's time for revival. It's time to put things right. It's time for that message to get out. The question I opened the program with was simply this. How do we strike a balance between the news, the information you need, but also the good news of Jesus Christ and how to be an overcomer and not a victim? The early church never looked at themselves as victims of their circumstance. They felt honored to be called to Christ's service, even if it cost them their life. Too many of today's Americanized Christians are more concerned with having two jobs, two cars, big screen TV set, vacations, a growing 401k. Look, the economic system could collapse tomorrow. And your 401k will be dust in the wind. 
Digital currency will replace what we have, and it'll be taken away from those that do not want to go with the system. Are you ready for such a time as that? I know many believe in the rapture will get you out, but I don't. And even if I'm wrong, it's nothing wrong with being prepared. Nothing wrong with it at all. And I think the church has been for way too long woefully unprepared to face the days and turbulence ahead. The pandemic proved that in a heartbeat. How many churches closed? Some stood their ground. Some closed down for a short time until we had a better understanding. And when there was chinks in the armor, so to speak, and some of these mandates became arbitrary and became ridiculous, they began to echo, like St. Peter said, when when you have a choice between obeying the princes of this world, the politicians, or God, you choose God each and every time without fail. Without fail. Right now, the world acts like there is no God. It's only this life. And they hang on to it. And they, they, they grasp onto these vaccines as their only hope. Because they have no hope in anything else except this mortal life. Are you prepared for the changes that are coming ahead? There are times I think I need to spend more time preaching, whether it's on radio or even to small groups or even in a church. The time to get the message out is now. And I've been saying this for several weeks that I feel we might, in spite of everything, be getting a little bit of a reprieve for a short time. Never permanent, just short. How will you use this time? While we have time, let us do good under the household of faith. While we have time, let us share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that tomorrow. The day is going to come that every secular humanist, everybody living in their sin and celebrating it, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. We will talk about that tomorrow. Do you believe in this ministry? Would you consider helping us out to pay the airtime bill? If you would, would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's 32536. We'll be back again tomorrow with our weekend edition. Until then... My prayer is that God will richly bless you and illuminate you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.